This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, in the time we took off over the holiday period, we learned the sad news that Pele had died. He had fought bravely against colon cancer, but in the end, last week, all of his organs quit and his funeral, in fact, takes place today in Santos, which is his hometown and the club he played for all during his career. It is a moment of genuine sadness for the Brazilian people. It's even more than that. He was a national hero, and deservedly so. He was the leading figure in teams that won three World Cups, and of course, he behaved himself with grace, really, uh, and modesty throughout his life. And it's a pleasure now to welcome John Giles and Liam Brady to talk about the football we've enjoyed over the holiday period, and to talk about Pele. John, let me start by asking you, because possibly his finest hour was the 1970 World Cup when Brazil beat Italy 4-1, a good Italian side in the final. There was also a good English team in there and a good, very, very good German team. It was, I think, a strong World Cup, but you were there to watch the whole thing. Is it fair to say that that Brazilian team, not just Pelé, were a, a, a wonderful team. Oh, they were, um, definitely. I can't think of all the names, uh, but uh, Pelé, I, I think, was obviously in his third World Cup. Apparently, he didn't, he, he had retired, Eamon. He had, that's right. Retired, yeah. You know, uh, but he was absolutely brilliant, and you could tell uh, in the way they played that, you know, they, they the players around them really admired him, yeah, had great affection for him. Yes, as well. You know, I think that was one of the great things about Pele. You know, you see, uh, uh, like Ronaldo recently. I don't think a lot of the players wouldn't particularly like him on a personal level, uh, although they'd respect him. But with Pele, it was affection and respect, Damon. Yes, and and he produced the goods all the time for them. Obviously, he was a great player. Uh, but his third World Cup was. Uh, uh, coming, coming near the end of his days, yeah, and uh, he really led them, led them through it, you yes, know, yes, and absolutely brilliant. Yeah, um, Liam, you may have seen the nineteen seventy World Cup. I'm sure you did uh, as a young lad, and I did too. I thought it was uh, the first time we'd ever seen color uh, on television. First time you could get all the games as well. And it was very exciting. Carlos Alberto scored that wonderful goal 
uh, the last goal in the 4-1 win, but Pele played a large part in it. But there was also Gordon Banks' save from a Pele header. And you you also encountered Pele during your player career, didn't you? Well, I was introduced to him a couple of times, I mean, I never had the pleasure of being on the same pitch as him, you know. Right. Uh, I never had the honour. Uh, I was 14 when they uh, when they won the 1970 World Cup in Mexico. Yes. And, uh, you know, as John said, uh, they had to kind of coax him out of retirement to play in that team. But he, he gave a special performance, you know. He, he was aided by... Some great players like Tosteo, is yes. centre forward up front. Jarzinho, who I think was top goal scorer with seven goals. He was a kind of a winger come yes. come forward player, and they had Gerson, a wonderful midfield player. Rivellino on the left wing. You know, they had a great team. Yes, but he he was he was the main man and all of that. And like some of the things he scored, he scored four goals, Eamon, and that. And then yes. we remember that saved by Banks uh, yes. looked a certain goal. Then there was another one when he ran, he ran over the ball yes. and dummy the goalkeeper. And, and then he, he tried to score from the halfway line, just missed. You know, he 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 was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. He was kicked out of the '66 World Cup. Yes. Didn't really see him. That was the first World Cup that I can remember. I was ten years of age waiting to see it on television and things like that, looking forward to see the great Pelé. And before we knew it, he was gone home, you know. And I think he was so disillusioned with that, he decided to pack it in. But they coaxed him out of retirement, as John was saying. And, uh, yeah, he was, for me, uh, the greatest. You know, there's a documentary on Netflix, if if you can catch it. It's absolutely brilliant about him, you know. Yes. It's a, not only is it his football life, but it's also his personal life and, there was uh, there was all sorts of things going on politically in Brazil, and he was caught in the middle of it because he was such a you know a great figure in in Brazilian life. Um, uh, I recommend anybody to watch that. But yeah, for me, he was the greatest player, the king of football, without doubt. Yes, and uh, John, I know none of us like arguing about greats, whether they're golfers or footballers or anything else, but there was a greatness about Pele. And Liam referred there to the 1966 World Cup, and it was one shocking match against Portugal at Goodison Park, and he limped off the pitch with a, a trench coat over his shoulders. He had been actually butchered, and the game, there was very little protection for players in, in relative terms in those in those times, and that would have been why, I think, he wanted to retire from international football. But I'd, I'd agree with Liam that I'd make an exception to say he was great, not just for a moment or for a while, but throughout his career, and also the way he behaved himself on the pitch. Uh, yeah, he, he, was, he was a great player, Eamon, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's hard to say who was the greatest, yeah. because they're all great in different ways, you know? Messi, yeah. <clears throat> Messi we know, is a great player. We all established that. No, he's a great player, but he's totally different to what Pele did. But all the great players, it's 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 effect on the pitch really that makes them great. I mean, yes. I would have if I was picking him among all the great. If I was picking my best, my best about, I would pick Pele. Yes, I thought he, he I thought he was sensational like all the other lads but I think he was a great team player as well Eamon yes you know I saw I, I, did, I saw a bit of documentary I don't know if it was the same on his name where he was meeting up with his old players that he played yes. with and you could tell there was a great affection for him yes 
when they finished playing. In other words, there's one, there's one thing to have a great respect for these great players, right? But affection as well is is a bonus. I think Messi has it. Yes, you know with his with his players. I mean. Yes, and yeah. uh, and he and he and he, he he obviously was pally with them or friendly with them, whatever you want. He was one of the boys. He didn't think look at himself as an exceptional. They yeah. did. Which yes. is the way, to, the real way to do it. Uh, but he he wasn't. He he looked a good pal, uh, a great teammate. Yeah. He played for 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 the team. He was always a team player, and that's why I think he had the respect of the fellow. Of your, the hardest thing to do, Eamon, is get the respect, as we know, of your fellow players. Yeah, because they spend twenty four hours a day with you. Yeah. Whereas, the, the, you know, the last I go to a match, see somebody, he's a great player on the pitch, but he might be a bit of a so-and-so off the pitch. I think he was brilliant all the way around. I think he's great affection, respect and affection from the players that he played with. And they're the hardest ones to please, as we know. Yeah, just final thought, Liam. There's a wonderful picture uh, during that World Cup. Uh, they played England, and there's a picture of Bobby Moore and Pele uh, standing facing each other uh, on the halfway line. And the the mutual respect and affection was really striking. I don't know if you remember that picture. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, the two of them with uh, yeah the shirts off. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely great. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bobby Moore was a great player as well, and like John, he was well respected by everybody too. He was a really nice man. Yeah. Unfortunately, tragically, he was taken away around fifty years of age, Bobby. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, no, uh, that, that that would be the World Cup that I remember most. I think people were saying uh, this year we'd had a great World Cup. Yeah. Uh, Gigiani Infantino saying yes. the best World Cup ever. But for me, no, 1970 was the best World Cup ever with that Brazilian team led by Pelé. Yep, and I agree with that. And may he rest in peace. And we should all be very grateful for the legacy that he left, not just as a footballer, but as a man. Now, uh, John, let me talk about something that uh, isn't so pleasant, and <laughs> and that is, well, we'll start, shall we, with Arsenal, which is a really good story. They beat Brighton, they were 4-0 up at one stage, um, and, and they nearly blew it. But this young Arsenal team um, looked to me to have something about them. They're fearless. They attack from the from the first whistle, and there's a discipline in the side, even including Xhaka, who has been notoriously ill-disciplined in his career. Even he seems to be getting the message from uh, the coach Arteta, uh, behave yourself, do your job, don't get involved. How impressed have you been? They're seven points clear at the top. I don't think anyone expects them to win the Premier League because the looming shadow of Manchester City, who aren't doing so well, will come to them. What do you make of the Arsenal team at the moment? Yeah, oh, very good, Eamon. I was very impressed with them the other day. You know, as you say, they're a young team, and everybody knows they're a young team, but they're a talented team. Uh, but they're not playing like youngsters, you know. They're no. matured, and any time I see them, they seem to be getting better. Uh, they're getting used to, to being on top of the league, which that sometimes with young players coming in, they, they, it gets too much for them. It doesn't look like that. Uh, you know they're playing well. I think the, the manager deserves great credit because he's responsible for the, for the attitude of the players, uh, and they're playing for each other. They're playing as a team, and I was very very impressed with them the other day uh, because sometimes teams try to try up the game to get a goal up. And they try and top. I don't think that's the case with Arsenal. No, no. I think 
I think he's absolutely right with them that they're better on the front foot aiming than trying to defend. Uh, so I, I think they, they have a very, very good chance to win the league. Yeah, Liam, uh, you had reservations early in the season, but you know these players. One of them, Nketiah, who's come in now for Gabriel Jesus uh, and is a real pr- proper goal scorer. He doesn't need two invitations to, to stick it in the back of the net. You signed him. Yeah, yeah, I got him from Chelsea as a 12-year-old. Chelsea had let him go, Eamon, and come over at 12, and he was only a, kind of a small, skinny, very, very weak lad. But every time we played a game or we had a bit of a match going, he always seemed to score goals, you know. So yeah. we decided to sign him and, and, and let him develop physically and things like that, and that, that's exactly what's happened. He's... He scored goals in the youth team. He scored goals in the in the second team, and you know he's been given his chance. He, he okay. He's not he's not the complete player that Jesus looks like uh, uh, being. You know he's yeah. he, he's not as good as Jesus on the ball, and, and he's maybe not as, as quick. But he has an instinct to score goals, and uh, you know a lot of people were saying, well. Arsenal got to buy now because Jesus is probably going to be out for two or three months, and uh, with the transfer window coming up, we've got to kind of get a replacement. But you know, you might spend thirty, forty million pound on 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 a player and and try and bring him in to to, to settle in quickly, and it might not happen. You know, whereas yes. with Eddie Nketiah, he's he's there and he, he he's doing a fine job. You know, in the last two league games, he scored two goals. In answer to many of the people that were saying, well, Arsenal need to buy, otherwise they're going to blow it. So Arteta is, is, is keeping his nerve, I think, with uh, with the young Niketia. And uh, as John said, all the other young lads are doing really well. You know, Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard. Odegaard has been a real surprise for me. I, I wasn't too sure about signing him when we did because... We'd had him on loan for a long time from Real Madrid, and I was, you know, undecided. But he's been absolutely fantastic this season as well. And as John says, they go for it, don't they? They get a goal up, but they yeah. don't sit back. They go for the, they go for the next one. You know, and that's, yeah. that's. Uh, but you know, we know this, the season not halfway through yet, and yes, uh, you know, to win a league game, and and John's done it in England. I did it in Italy. You kind of need that experience to handle the the, yes. the bumps in the road that come along, and I'm, that that would be my one reservation is you know whether the team is too young to handle the pressure when it comes on. I hope I hope they can uh, because let's face it, and nobody can complain that they've been the best team in England this season. No, no question about it, and. Saturday, in a way, it was an away game to Brighton, who aren't an easy side to beat. They, it was just their attitude. They, they were fearless, really. And you, you, you know, you talk about signings. If you think about Aubameyang and Pepe, both of whom cost very, very large amounts of money and were useless and didn't try a leg, you don't really want that type in the club. He's done a good job. Uh, in terms of developing their attitude. Now, Xhaka is a player we've all three of us, and probably everyone else as well, wondered uh, if he'd ever be part of, could be part of a really good side because of his indiscipline. Arteta seems to have a grip on him, and he looks a much more disciplined player. He's not getting the yellow cards. He's not arsing about getting involved in fights 
with people as the same as he used to. Well, like Arteta, yeah, has got a grip of that situation. If you cast your mind back, Eamon, to one of the early games last season, you know, Arsenal very very nearly finished in the top four last season, but they got off to a dreadful start. They lost away to Brentford. I think they lost uh, by four or five at Manchester City. And Jacker was sent off for a two-footed tackle, you yeah. know, halfway through the second half. And I was thinking, as well as a lot of Arsenal people, or even not not so much Arsenal people, why do why does Arteta keep putting up with this guy? You know, yeah, he's uh, he's played him since Party's come into the into the squad. Yes, he's let Jacker go forward a bit more. He's let him play another twenty yards, twenty five yards more forward. He's getting he's getting up around the box. He's he's he scored a couple of a few goals. He scored. A, and and he looks a different player. And I don't know what Ateta said to him, but you know, you, you, you just have to show him a few videos of what he's doing. You know, yeah. tackling and things like that in a in a in a in a crazy kind of way, and just say, look, we can't afford that. We can't afford you getting sent off or getting suspended. So, you know, start thinking a bit with your head. And luckily enough, that seems to have happened. And Party and him are playing really, really well in midfield. So. Uh, Saliba has been a great signing yep. at the back as well, eh? and Ben White playing right back. Oh, that was a bit of a question mark at the start of the season, but he settled in there and played really, really well. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm still pinching myself, really, eh? and I didn't think Arsenal could be in this position at the start of the season, but they're doing really, really well. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, yeah, John, let's uh, turn to Manchester City because Manchester City are not doing well. They drew with Everton at home at the weekend and really everybody is beaten Everton and Frank Lampard has a tough situation to deal with there. Incidentally, Seamus Coleman came on as a sub and was really critical when Everton were trying to hang on to their point, which they did do in the end. Uh, you have said on a number of occasions uh, on our podcast, John, and also privately to me, that uh, you don't think City have their act together at all. No, they've got some great players, Eamon, as we know. But I, I think with, with Pep, I think he's always looking for something new. Yeah. Uh, and what he does, uh, it, it's all about attacking, attacking, which is great. Uh, but there's, 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 there's times you have to defend. I mean, the, the match against Liverpool a few weeks ago when, when uh, Liverpool, Salah, the goalkeeper, kicked out, there was only one player back. You know, yeah. like like in my case in football, what I've always always learned with the managers that I had, you, you always you never leave one on their own back. You always have to keep the back door open, as they yeah. say in football. You know, leave two back. Make sure that when they get a break, they're not going. But 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 Pat doesn't seem to think about that in any way. It's like the full back, the right full back, most of the time with them. You see, he's he's more or less playing in midfield. Yeah. So he always seems to be looking for different things. Yeah. You know. And I don't think there are different things in football, no. basically, Eamon. Yeah. Like, basically, you, you defend and you attack. You know, that, that's my take on it. And I, and, and I think they get caught out too often in, in matches that, uh, uh, you know, they, they shouldn't be. That's, that's my opinion on it. I didn't, I didn't see the Everton match, yeah. Eamon. Um, but I've seen enough of, 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 of City with the players that they have in Haaland, as we know. Uh, but I think a little more attention to defending and defending in a certain way. Uh, I don't think it's going to cost them anything. So I think you will get a few more surprises, like the Everton result, than 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 you expect them to have. But it's you know it's a long hard season. But I think everybody expected that they beat Everton. They haven't been going well. They didn't, but that happens from time to time. Uh, but you know Arsenal are, have to be caught. And, yep. uh, seven points, moment, it, seven points clear um, yeah. at the moment, but that that can soon be whittled away. That's a long way. I mean, if you're if you're lose, if you're only if you're dropping two points at home, you know, against Everton, yep. teams you're expected to win. Uh, but it'll be a fascinating season. We're only halfway through, as Liam said. But it'll be a fascinating season, and in, in to see and see what happens in that, and with the Arsenal situation, and if City are going to do what they what they they hope to be doing. Yeah, I mean, the, let's just talk for a moment, Liam, about Haaland. His goal scoring record is incredible. Uh, he got another goal. He got the goal, their only goal against Everton. He also made a tackle against Everton that really was one of the worst tackles I've ever seen. Now I haven't seen any of that in his character before, but it was truly horrendous. And the the point about Pep, uh, Liam, that 
if you look back at his Barcelona team, the great Barcelona team, they were indifferent at the back compared to the rest of the team. They had Puyol, you might remember, I'm sure you remember. And when you look at the Bayern Munich team, and again, when he first came to Manchester City, always problems at the back. He doesn't seem to believe that you build from the back and that's the first thing you've got to get right. Now, which is what most football coaches, players believe who, who think about the game. You build from the back. Clean sheets are, are precious. Well, you know that you come from, uh, you know, you played in Italy for many years. It's unthinkable, isn't it? Uh, in Italy, that you wouldn't, first of all, keep clean sheets. Well, that would be the emphasis in Italy, you know. Yeah. It's that right, though, isn't it? This is certain. I know they can be two. Yeah, I don't know. You know, you can have teams. Wenger didn't pay much attention to what was going on at the back. You know, we had we had Klopp, and only going back two or three years ago, he was prepared to outscore teams and Guardiola's always had that in his makeup, you know, but it's also been uh, a weakness of his without I any think doubt. So, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, he's probably lost a good few things because he hasn't played attention to that. Uh, he didn't win he didn't win the Champions League at Bayern Munich when he was winning the league like easily every yes. season because they were so far ahead of him. But he he, he 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 came up short in the Champions League with Bayern and he's come up short with City as well. I always find, yeah, maybe maybe John and yourself are right that it's it's probably he's not paying enough attention to detail. But I always find there's kind of complacency in some of his teams, you know. Yeah. Particularly Manchester City. They, they, they seem to throw points away like nobody expected Everton to get anything at Man City the other day Brentford went up there a few weeks ago yeah. and beat them you know Two one, sometimes yeah. they th I think they turn up think thinking oh we we just have to turn up to win the match so I don't know whether it's it's just purely defensive thing or whether it's a mentality that he has created amongst the players or needs to get them out get that mentality out of them you know yeah because the premier league is a tough league you can lose to anyone in it i mean we can see that you know so yeah uh well uh, you know uh from where i'm sitting you know i'd, I'd want them to carry on being complacent you know because <laughs> looking at the league you would say city are the only team maybe that could catch arsenal yep i think you're right and uh john we saw them against leicester city uh on thursday night they weren't great. They managed to scramble a win. They were very poor yesterday against Brentford away. He took Van Dyke off at halftime. He took Fabinho off at halftime, made three changes, in fact. It didn't do the trick. There's something seriously wrong, isn't there, with the way they're playing as a team, but defending in particular. Trent Alexander-Arnold again at fault for a goal last night. I think... It's very serious for Liverpool right now. Do you? Yeah, there seems to be some underlying problem, Eamon, that happens in teams. We don't know. It, like we we had a little chat about it. Maybe it, maybe it could be the Salah situation, getting the increase in his contracts, um, that could spoil uh, the atmosphere in the dressing room. Yeah. Like, it, it, like I, we we always found a football playing football. We talk about team spirit. You know, team spirit is everything in a club that wants to be successful. Damon. Yeah. You know, but it's very very fragile. Yeah. 
you know, to get the, the, the spirit that you want in a team, everybody going for each other, it's very, very fragile. And, and unfortunately, money corrupts, Damon. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm only saying this is what could happen because Liverpool are not, this season, the team that we've seen in the past four or five years. No. With the spirit that they've had. That's the way it looks. And, and the great thing about football is that if there's a problem, it manifests itself on the field. Amen. And we're not seeing the Liverpool team that we've seen for the last two or three years by any way. We, I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. Nobody, but all I'm, I'm only guessing it, it could be a situation where fellow players see that Salah has got a bigger contract than them and it can happen. And it, it, team spirit can, can, can dis- disappear very, very quickly. It takes a long time to create it. But it can dis it can disappear. So yeah. we're we're saying well, Liverpool are not the Liverpool that they were. Why? No, we don't know. Well, I'm only guessing. I'm only going to well, guess I, what it could be. I do I believe there is evidence. Uh, Liam on the pitch, Van Dijk, uh, Alexander Arnold, they really aren't interested in defending. They don't defend as a group. Van Dijk seems obsessed with running out and playing. What? call a high line, which is basically the offside trap. Uh, Alexander-Arnold will not guard the back post as he's supposed to. That's his first job. And they're walking through Liverpool's midfield opposition, including Leicester. And again, last night, Brentford. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Brentford. They're good, diligent, disciplined pros, and they work hard, particularly at set pieces, uh, and deserve to beat Liverpool. Jamie Carragher, Liam, said last night he thought Liverpool were gone and he didn't think they were coming back. He said they were really a disgrace. And he wasn't, he was saying it more in sorrow than in anger. He was talking about their inability to compete in midfield and also the sloppy uh, play at the back, which is now an ingrained habit. It isn't just a one-off saying uh, Leicester could have got two or three. And we've been watching, I say, for the last year, Teams go to Anfield, walk through them, uh, really, and only for Allison, they would have dropped a lot more points than they have dropped. Yeah, well, they actually dropped something like twenty-five points, Eamon, which is 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 only one or two less than they dropped in the whole of last season. Yeah, yeah. So things have been really gone from bad to worse at Liverpool. Really, really gone. Van Dijk looks. As if he can't be too bothered, to be honest. And yeah, I, I, I agree with that. John, John's put his finger on the button there, saying, "Well, you know, whether money that was given to Salah, then there's also the upheaval at the club. You know, they're trying to sell the club, the American owners, aren't yes. they? Yep. So that gives that gives all the players a kind of an excuse not not to perform. Uh, he's not done anything about Trent Alexander. Another goal there at the far post. He oh, shocking! He, yeah. he hasn't bothered to pick up the the most dangerous uh, opponent. He, he's he's you know he, we, how many times have we seen that? You know so uh, yeah. I I would I think Carragher is right to be worried. Um, yeah. I think the bubble's well and truly burst, Damon. I, I think I said this a few months ago to you. And yeah. To John, when we were discussing Liverpool, uh, Klopp doesn't look happy. You can always tell a team is struggling when they're conceding goals at set pieces. Something really, really uh, bad is happening, you know, because you organise one another at set pieces, you make demands of one another at set pieces, yes. make sure you're doing your job. Yeah. But 
time and time again, they could have conceded four or five goals at set pieces to Brentford. So yeah. I think I think they're really a lot of trouble at Anfield. Yeah, John, just to confirm, I agree with Liam. I agree with Carragher, and he wasn't saying it in an angry way. He was saying it in a more in sorrow than in anger mm-hmm. uh, kind of way that really things are happening that should not be happening. And I, I think Carragher is always a straight shooter when he's asked an opinion. And the way we've seen them uh, and talked through these games on, uh, against Leicester last Thursday, I, again last night, there's something seriously wrong, isn't there? And the question... Uh, that uh, Liam's comment raises, can it be fixed? I don't think it can be. Um, if it gets as bad as it looks, Eamon, it's very, very hard to fix it. Yeah, I mean, you know? for, for example, in the post-match interview with uh, Jurgen Klopp, he, he said Liverpool couldn't deal with Brentford's chaos. It was a bit patronising and a, a bit of a put-down. He then didn't think that the third goal should have being allowed to stand, he thought it was a foul, okay, well, they still would have lost 2-1 anyway. But he doesn't seem to be, should we say, as concerned as you'd expect him to be. Well, it's very difficult for a manager, Eamon. You know, mm. you, if he came out and he said, well, we were rubbish and uh, this is wrong and that's wrong, and I, they, they can't do that. You know, he can only try and uh, clean over it as best, yeah. as best he possibly can. I mean, he would not, we're only guessing uh, what the problem could be. What we do know, and, and, and it's a great thing about football, if, the, if there's problems, I mean, it manifests itself on the pitch. Yeah, and we know the that because we going, can see it. And exactly. Yep. But that's, that's the truth about football. Yep. I mean, if things are going great, like things are going really good at Arsenal, we see it on the pitch. Like when things were going bad at Arsenal, we could see it. Yep. Now, now, that, now that he's put it right, but when you look at Liverpool now, things are not right. Yep. I mean, yep. We don't know exactly what it is, but there's something there that that it's not the Liverpool team that we know. But right. when he's asked after the match, and he would know what's going on there, in yep. my opinion, he would know what's going on. But he can't come on the television and tell us. No, Damon. right. He can only spoof, you know, and say, well, yep. talk, do, do, diggity do about what uh, what happened. And you, as you can say now, we, we mentioned this and he mentioned that. Like, it, to be fair to him in his job, he has to do that. Yeah. You can't say, now listen folks, what's going on? Da, 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 da. We don't know. <laughs> Is Mo Salah got a hundred fifty grand rise? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> what's going on? Is that Mo Salah got a hundred and fifty grand rise? Well, yeah. well, and he's can, getting yeah, more than Van Dyke. <laughs> Van Dyke's yeah. on strike. Yeah, that's, 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 my, that's my take guess on it. Yeah. But he can't, he can't say it. You know, he can just get on with the best say that say what he's saying is, which is nothing really, uh, after the match. So, but the, but the thing about football, if it's not right, Damon, it's not right, but it shows itself on the pitch and whatever's happened at Liverpool is actually showing itself on the pitch at the moment. They're not the Liverpool team that we know in the last three or four years. And, of course, if they don't get their act together very quickly, they won't qualify for Europe as top four team. Uh, and Damon, it's, uh, it's showing itself on the pitch at, uh, at Tottenham as well. Yes, it is. Yeah, the bad result yesterday, Liam. Uh, and I noted that Antonio Conte afterwards said, uh, well, he, he gave the distinct impression that he didn't really want to be there anymore. Uh, I suppose he'd be, uh, and I'll leave this, the, the final question with you, Liam. Uh, it's the, the January transfer window is now open. Conte will be hoping and maybe trying to put pressure. I got the distinct impression from his post-match interview 
that he was really brassed off. He'll have to put a bit of pressure on Spurs to spend money. Uh, but that's a hard task, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I was. I watched the match, and uh, you know, uh, they they were well beaten by Aston Villa in the end. Yeah, um, and players just not performing. Obviously, he has a few industry industry injuries. Uh, you got Richarlison and uh, Kudelski injured, and they're important players for him. Uh, but you know, his post match interview, the fans turned on the. On the chairman Daniel Levy or the chief executive, yeah. um, you know, uh, it's 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 a worrying if you're a, a sports supporter, you know, where this is going to go, you know, because yeah. uh, top four, which they I think they've achieved over the last five or six seasons, is no longer a certainty. You know, you've got Manchester United on the scene, you've got Newcastle on the scene. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's watch this space with with Spurs. Um, Harry Kane was very subdued. Uh, did you watch the game? Did you see the no, game? No, I didn't Aaron? see it. No. Yeah, Harry Kane was very subdued. Song, no, you know, not not himself at the back. They looked all over the place. Loris made uh, bad mistakes. Bad mistake. I saw goal. that. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I you know, I'm, I'm just emphasizing the point that John just made. If things are not right off the pitch, they manifest itself on the pitch, and I think very much so. Like Liverpool, things are not right. The you know behind the scenes between Daniel Levy and uh, Antonio Conte. Right. Well, the good news for you, Liam, is Arsenal have a big chance tonight to knock out Newcastle. Uh, home game. I'd like to thank John and Liam. Wish you both very happy New Year, lads, and safe and peaceful New Year. Thank you for joining us on the stand. Thanks to everybody who listened, and a happy and peaceful New Year to all our listeners. Thanks for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.